Hey everyone and welcome to episode 52 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark and I really hope you know that by now because we're on episode 52 and it is called Mark and Me. On today's episode, we're going to be getting back into music. So on a couple of weeks ago, we had comedy, but you know I love my bands, you know I love my music. So today I'm joined by the frontman from the band Black Peaks, Will Gardner. This is an interview that I've had for about... I think I've been planning it for about six months. It was meant to happen a couple of occasions due to illness and just stuff not working out. It's only just taken place now while the band are on tour. And it's been awesome to catch up with the band themselves. I got to see them live because they're supporting Enter Shikari. And I'm absolutely thrilled that the interviews took place and it's finally here for you all. As I said just a moment ago on the last episode, it was comedy. I was joined by James Acaster. This interview has been my most successful that I've ever released since I'd launched Mark and Me. The numbers were absolutely insane. It was my most downloaded, my most streamed. It got to the highest position on iTunes. I had a number five in the world of all TV and film podcasts. That's not just the UK, that's in the whole world. And I think this massively is to do with the fact that James took the time to retweet it to all of his followers. And I'm so, so grateful to all the new people that have jumped on board. And welcome to the podcast. I really hope you stick around for the long run because it's not just comedians. I have actors, directors, musicians, bands, whatever it is. If someone's got a good story, I'm going to try and do my best to share it via Mark and me. So as I just said, on today's episode, I'm joined by Will from Black Peaks. Black Peaks for me are probably the best British band on the scene right now. An absolute unbelievable live band. Their album that came out last year, All That Divides, is easily my album of the year. It was thrice for about six months and then they released this and it completely blew everything else out of the water. It's absolutely unbelievable and I urge you all to go on Spotify or go to your local record shop and check it out because it's it's absolutely flawless. There's nine tracks and there's no filler. Every single song could be a single. It is that good. Now I know I'm waffling and I'm talking too much and you probably just want to get to the interview. Here's my interview with me and Will from the band Black Peaks. First of all, thanks for joining me today on the Mark and Me podcast. It's great to finally be here with you. That's an honour. Right now we're in the tour van, which is a nice ambience. It's a little cold, but it's alright, isn't it? (laughs) For those first-time listeners of the podcast that are checking out Black Peaks right now, I want to take it back right to the start. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what was it that made you decide to actually form a band? Well, I was already in another band... And I don't actually usually really talk about this, um, but I've been in this other band for just under seven years, and they were called Lithurgy, and it had just got a bit stale. We were like prog metal band, yeah, and um, they kicked me out. Sure, actually, um, <laughs> yeah, because uh, they said I couldn't sing, and it was all. It just got really. I was completely shocked. Um, because we've been doing it for ages and I've been a sort of they've been going for 10 years and I've been in it for 7 of them and like this new bass player came in and he he just kind of thought he was I don't know it was was very complicated but like basically he um, he kind of became a bit of an ego and he wanted what was right for the band and to be honest it was probably the best thing for them and for for me and stuff and then um so I yeah they they kicked me out and then I was just so shocked 
because um, it had been such a huge thing. Um, and it felt like a waste of six years, you know. Yeah, it's suddenly... a long time, isn't it? Like to then say sorry, you can't sing. It's like, well, I've been doing it for six years. What was what was <laughs> I doing before? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. like, what suddenly changed? And they they went really tech and wanted to become the new like yes, right. Um, and yeah, the day afterwards, the literally the day after that, like I I I'd put up a statement on Facebook saying uh, pissed off, blah 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 yeah. blah, and then um, <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Andrew from peaks well what is now yeah uh called me and said um hey man like uh you probably don't remember me oh no he messaged me on facebook first and was like um i'm j- i heard about this uh, you know you left um we'd love for you to come and and have a jam and check out our music we're a really big fan of your singing awesome. i was like oh that's amazing and at first i was just so angry and you know just yeah i didn't necessarily really want to um to do it and then we went and had a jam and they were just so good yeah <laughs> you know the three of them and Andrew Joe and Liam had been jamming for six months and they they already had like five structures of kind of like songs um, and it was way more like techie kind of Mars Volta nice back then when we first yeah. started um, and I just dug that like, big time um, but they were just like you know just do your thing and we'll kind of work around it. And I started what I still do now, which is like, you know, they write some of the musical bits and then I will kind of chop it up a bit and try yep. and make it work a bit more around what I do. But then I made it much heavier. Yeah. Um, like I brought in a much more like metal and kind of prog. Yeah. And I think maybe I, with Joe a bit, like we started listening to other music and we all got into Macedon together and then that, pushed us way more into the kind of heavy proggy kind of realm yeah, it's not it was, a bad thing is it like I know it's negative that you got kicked out but it kind of led to this so if that didn't yeah. happen you wouldn't be here now yeah for sure which is- I was obviously really still really angry with them for a few months and then and then we just like had met loads of chats when we first started and we were called Shrine yeah we, we actually they wanted to be called Shrines Shrines yeah right. and I had a thing about plurals yeah like I absolutely was was like Really had a thing about. I forget it, it as well. Like, about who's playing tonight? Shrines. Shrines. I don't know. No, yeah, and, yeah. and they were like, "Oh no, but it's kind of cool." And I was like, "I'm not being a band called yeah. Shrines." No. And they're like, "Oh okay," because we we'd done loads of touring before with with loads of bands around are all pluralized. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> so so when you were obviously growing up, and you said then you you as a band listening to stuff like Mastodon, but what was your favourite sort of bands growing up that shaped your music taste? It must be stuff like Tool and. Yeah, I mean, but, but I got into them very late. Yeah. Uh, I got into Tool when 10,000 Days came out. Um, for me, like, I think the first, like, rock music, and I, I know lots of people would probably say this doesn't count, but early Red Hot Chili Peppers was what, Yeah. like, kind of, I was into funk and, like, James Brown, and because uh, I'm a saxophonist as well. Yeah. Um, and so I got, I got really into that kind of stuff, and... My first proper band played Chili's covers, and that was like how we kind of got into playing cool. rock music. And then when I was that was when I was like fourteen ish. Yep. And then when I was fifteen, uh, I properly discovered Slipknot. Right. And um, oh yeah, Slipknot and uh, Mudvayne and 
all of that era that was that super, sort of Kerrang sort of yeah I mean I, I didn't even I didn't actually get Kerrang at the time I just loved the aesthetic yeah and how dark and like kind of it was very disturbing stuff around yeah. the time like their whole thing was so violent and like being a kind of moody teenager that didn't really have a good time at school it's really like resonated with me yeah um, and that's that's what kind of got me into it which is all very technical and stuff as well and just like um, that really got me into that stuff and then I think I got into follow after that sixth yeah like my, my favourite 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 band yeah. um, at that time but that was that was kind of the main thing and I really didn't like the emo stuff no um, around that time you preferred the much heavier stuff yeah, <laughs> yeah that's good yeah there was a, a real like the, if there's any like younger people listening it was I think it's all a bit more um, friendly these days yeah like between uh, the scenes definitely um, like in like the late 90s early 2000s like it was really segregated definitely it was like if you're into your metal um, like that's you, you're a metaler yeah and then if you want like punk you're a, you're a punk yeah and if you're like hardcore you're a hardcore kid like and they did not there's no mixing. meld no. Really, very well and like you know there used to be fight massive fights yeah we always used to get pissed off if um if people booked mis- mixed like band bills yeah. and oh there's a punk band on our bill today like it's gonna be fights <laughs> like but that was kind of what yeah. Brighton was like back then yeah it's weird, isn't it? And in the nights out would be separate floors, like indie floor, rock yeah. floor, punk yeah. floor. And even if you're in the punk, it's like, well, actually, what sort of punk do you like? You know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's hard work now. People are just like, I just like good music and it's yeah, a bit yeah, more yeah, acceptable, yeah. which is good. Yeah, for sure. So then obviously you brought out your debut album, Statues. Mm-hmm. Um, how was recording that? I mean, the pressure of releasing your debut. At the time, I suppose it must be a lot different to reflect now but at the time you must have been like fuck this is this is our statement this is trying to say we're Black Peaks I mean we were we were still Shrine just yeah but no we weren't I'm sorry we did our first big tour just before we did that record um, Arcane Roots um, R.I.P I was going to say um, I missed those already yeah. it's, too, it's too soon to talk about that I know that. I know they're super close friends of ours it's really and we owe them a hell of a lot yeah um, they really kind of put us on the map um, but we we did a tour with those guys all around the UK um, and then and then we went straight into the studio but we that was it was tough I'm not going to lie like we were really excited but there was um it was very different to how a lot of people kind of go and do their first album. I mean, the money that it takes to go and go and make an album is 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 hard. Yeah. To like not make a a, a kind of demo to actually go to a real studio, um, and it was the first time any of us had ever done anything like it. Um, yeah. You know, two two weeks in a residential place, um, and we didn't know how if, what do you do you start with drums do you do all the drums first and then do you yeah. do you do some guitars over the top do you do but what what do you do and like Mark who's absolutely amazing who's our mate had done albums before but not on the scale that we all wanted to try and do yeah um, but the, the, I think there was a lot of stress about the money side of things like yeah. 
like weighing over the top of us because um, our our first manager and and a bunch of like family and like my partner and stuff all all lent us all this money to go and make a record and you know the we pressure said, must be like it, honestly honestly it was so scary and we were all like we have to do all these people this justice because they're yeah. not only putting their faith in us and their time but you know when when everyone's like when money's involved it just and it's not yours and it's <laughs> yeah. not ours you know because yeah. we, we were so broke like yeah. we we for such a long time as a band were just absolutely fucked financially yeah. you know and i think not many people are aware of that with us particularly that is it's it's never been easy for us financially and it's it's the one thing that's always held us back yeah um as as it is with a lot of bands but i think people have seen over the years that you know going away and making an album at that studio and and then the radio one stuff that happened afterwards and ah this band appeared from nowhere and but you know financially we were all still trying to figure out at every stage of that like how how do we still pay our rent how do we eat yeah um you know the first smaller tour we did ourselves like there's a few days where a, a couple of us actually completely ran out of money yeah had nothing and um two one guy was like uh i haven't i haven't got enough to eat for the next three days so <laughs> unless we sell some t-shirts so i'm just not gonna eat I'm just gonna do water, and if there's tea in the venue, I'll have some yeah. tea. And I, 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 I luckily had a, a, a decent job at the time, and was like, no, like, come on, we're yeah. we're a, we're a team here, and we, we used to be way more individual, and and and, and, and and have a kind of a bit more. It was before you realised that we were all a team, yeah. and and if one person is isn't eating <laughs> and is miserable and can't play properly then yeah. then the knock on effect y- is huge yeah and yeah. you're only as strong as the the rest Definitely. of you you know and the thing is like what's weird is people's perception of stuff like some of the bands that I grew up listening to Hell is for Heroes 100 Reasons Ruben they all worked they yeah. all worked full time even yeah. on their second and third album people expect like they're like Biffy Clyro that are millionaires now and playing all over the world it's not like that no, no, these no. bands that are on their second and third album are usually working in waitros or trying to do some hours at the bar yeah. in the weekend and mm-hmm. people don't realise oh wow they're in Kerrang on Radio 1 that's it now they're millionaires not no, at all no. <laughs> no it's not the 80s guys no, sorry not at all <laughs> I wish it well I don't wish it was the 80s that would suck <laughs> music was rubbish. The films were good. Yeah, films were great. Music wasn't very good, but um, money was great for for bands. Yeah, well, for making to... really bad music. Well, the thing is, people used to buy records then, so yeah. people would actually pay for CDs. Yeah. So now, obviously, you've took a big step up. I think on your new album, it sounds a million dollars. It does. The the jump. Thank you, Darren, is very, huge. very very much. We, you know, we the worked really hard on that. Is like. Me and my friend Darren, uh, I'm, I'm not just saying this because I'm sat here, I've got proof on my other podcast, I put it as album of the year, like last year. Like, really? Yeah, by, but it beat Thrice for me. Thrice was number two and then you brought out your album and it topped it for me. It was oh like, man, that's it awesome. Was like, I've always said it's quality, not quantity, and like I'm like, there's nine tracks. When I first bought it, I was like, nine tracks? Like, fucking hell, I want 13, what is this? <laughs> and then I was like, well actually every song could be a single, yeah. and every song is fucking banging, there's no filler. We wrote a tenth. Um, that was like the darkest, most disturbing, 
Blackpink <laughs> song that we've ever you tease. ever done. It's never coming out. No, it's not a B side. Like the label were like, please come on, like yeah. we 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 want to hear some more stuff, and we it just wasn't. We we have such a harsh, harsh, like regime in terms of making the music putting stuff out yeah because we we wrote way more songs for this yeah album. we wrote so many more songs and like we just know when we get to a certain point with with a track that it's we're like no we'll just bin it you know and we might have spent six months on it and it'll and it'll get binned we're not we never you know we, we never leave stuff behind so we always try and write a whole record and like we said, they, we even recorded a tenth track to to to, to this album. I'm gonna but... get you drunk and listen to it. I'm gonna have to... <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, it's dark. It's really, really dark. It's the most bleak thing we've ever done, and we had a real idea for what we wanted it to be, but it didn't fit. No. It would not. It would not have worked with this record, or even like as an in between or a solo individual thing. We had so we talked about it so much, but we. It was just, it was just never meant to be. That's fair. Um, and we, we, you know, we wanted to do a video for it, and we had ideas. And then when we step, you step back, and if you imagine, you've got like this finished. Pro- we had the other tracks from one to nine. Yeah. We recorded it in order. Yeah. We knew exactly what was going to happen where. We jammed the in between bits, in between tracks. We I would be like, for instance, that bit. Uh, in between uh, Across the Great Divide and uh, Home yeah. I was like ah we need some weird like sci-fi strings scary together, yeah. th- you know just in the moment yeah, after yeah. we'd finished I was like ah and we were all like yeah 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 yeah, get the effects pedals out experiment for a while and then we we kind of jam those bits but then we we had this other <laughs> song so imagine yeah. we get to track 9 and you've got to the end of Fate yeah, and then you're like uh, it finishes nicely though, doesn't it? It just wraps it up. Yeah, that's it's, done. it's wrapped up, and then yeah. we were all like, "It's, it's not going to fit anywhere else on the record," and that was it. We were like, "Well, it's, it's never coming out." <laughs> you, you must listen back to that and think the production is unbelievable. It sounds yeah. absolutely yeah. Adrian is a genius, yeah. man. Like, it's you said the first time you had this pressure, all this money that was being borrowed and stuff. But you just sound more ambitious. You sound more confident. Your vocals, ev- everything about it, everyone's just took it up a level. It's not like, oh, we're, we're going to play it safe. Like I love bands like Billy Talent, but you know what you get: the yeah, same yeah, songs, yeah, yeah, yeah. the same riffs, the same little wow, and it all yeah. works. <laughs> so if it works for six albums, I'll keep buying it. Yeah. But you've just gone right. Well, the first album was pretty good, but let's go fucking awesome. Like let's Wicked. take this. I mean, the pressure now for your next one's going to be even harder. Uh, I I think no, I don't think it is. No. No, we're just going to spend. I, I what I want to do with this next one is just spend ages. Yeah. I just want to if it takes two years for us to write the next one, and we do, we write forty tracks, and it's a, and then we cut that down to like eleven, and it's a prog epic or whatever. Yeah. You know that's that I I just wanted it. I just really want it to be the best thing ever. Um. And it's quite funny. One of my friends uh, is a br- brilliant journalist um, who used to work at the Independent called Renfrey, uh, Renfrey Debman. We we kind of told him that we were like going to get into the studio straight away uh, in like 
October just gone yeah uh, in 2018 and like maybe try and write another record and kind of put that out straight away and he was like whoa 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 like that you wouldn't have experienced enough in between yeah. that period like you need the development and I completely agree with that like yeah. I think it you can easily get carried away but you need to reflect a bit don't you exactly and yeah. and we need we need new stories like we need that I think it, for us it's a real human reflection in our music I think yeah. it's 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 always attempting to reflect our experience as like four people and um and if <laughs> if we've mostly been kind of in the van or at home working <laughs> For since the last yeah. record was was recorded, then we we haven't really got anything to say. So no. we need to go and and live a bit more life and and do do stuff and then and then really think and and spend a long time writing writing this next one. How did you kind of mentally prepare yourself for those vocals? Because stuff like home, that's not just your average recording. That sounds like you're going inside and finding this new level or this new depth. Because oh, that's, yeah, that's you can hear vocals, right? I love people like Billy Corgan. Their voices are brilliant, and so that. But I, I heard something there that's so raw. Yeah. I, I can't. I can't even put my finger on it. What it is? Yeah. When I listen to it, I'm like, I want to cry because I'm like, fucking hell, man! Like Will's saying something. Will's talking there from his heart. Like that's pure. That's you don't get much more raw. Yeah. Well, I think. Because in the studio, it must be I difficult. I was just. Well, no. I, I know it's one of my favourite places to express. Um... And that song particularly, um, I mean, we were, you know, we can talk about fucking Brexit or whatever, like, but I think regardless of which side the fence you're on or whatever, like, I think for us as travelling musicians that were in Europe at the time, it was just so devastating and the people couldn't believe it. And, like, some of the countries we were traveling to around that time people just couldn't understand it and we we kind of didn't and it, it felt like such an emotional and scary 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 very right-wing agenda you know and with trump and everything going on around that time i was just absolutely terrified yeah to my core you know of 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 new wars happening and civil war breaking out and like, who knows maybe I'm completely mad and was just being paranoid um, or whatever but it just seemed so real and so scary and you know we we, we, we were all suddenly like what the, f what the fuck is going on and uh, you know two of the guys in the band had and one still does have uh, European partners and yeah that you know the idea of them being separated over you know some other person person's agenda like yeah, yeah. you know was just so scary and we we all talked about that so so much and then i think that song came together really quickly um we had the the foundations for it for quite a long time and i it's one of the ones that i spent of way longer than anyone else writing the part and I we were jamming it in sound checks um for ages um and I had like 15 different versions of the chorus that I would br I'd bring yeah. in and then the guys would be like ah, it's not it's not quite right and I'd be like, oh god no 
and then um, yeah, and then and then it just it just kind of all came into place really. But but yeah, I you you know it's it is real what you're hearing there. Like none of us are ever kind of faking or trying to do. It's my favourite thing about this this band is like yeah, it is it's real. It's it's real and it's our it is our expression and it's our kind of feelings and like but everyone cares about every little bit of it so much yeah that it makes it really hard work sometimes because because we're not all we don't always see eye to eye and 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 like sometimes you're giving it all but you're all but it's it's not enough yeah and that's really hard and um but um yeah recording recording that the whole rec new second record was 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 amazing um a real like journey um and i was really ill <laughs> i didn't i didn't drink for the whole two weeks which is very unlike me um cause i like a beer um but i had a tooth infection oh, shit. as soon as i got to the studio like first day i arrived there and like yeah i'm like oh, i feel a bit it's weird. A bit of a, something's it's a bit of a pain here. It's a bit bad. Yeah. And then, like second day, looked at my mouth, giant black and yellow abscess no. on like the back of my jaw, literally the size of like four peas. Shit. Like just yeah. You're like this is <laughs> or a two, be good. two pence piece. Like shit. The back of my mouth, agony. Yeah. And uh, had to go to emergency doctor appointment and stuff. And then so some <laughs> some that might those, be the secret. That some might of those be... takes. Yeah. I'm actually like. In agonising pain. That's how you do it then. That's yeah. how you get that that, that real <laughs> yeah. sound. Just get a really bad gum infection. Yeah. And then had to be, uh, and then I had, had like codeine and stuff to kind of help for the, yeah. for the pain. But um, yeah, it was it was probably two of the best weeks I've ever 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 had making making that record. I think what I like so much from obviously just talking to you now and realising is that it's quite real. Like I'm not. I'm not dissing other bands, but bands like Papa Roach or Fallout Boy that are millionaires now, sure. they're not really going to be in the studio being able to find those pains and those, like, that angst or that kind of rawness. I mean, maybe they are, though. They might be, but the way that they're, they're not going to be struggling for their money to record that album or they're not going to be probably having to fight for their partner's passports and all this. So yeah. you've got something... It's not an advantage, but it's something that <laughs> you yeah. can at least say is real that fear that you had that you demonstrated through your vocals not everyone's going to be in the position to be able to get that recording because james hetfield is he really going to be that angry recording in his <laughs> yeah. mansion with his 10 billion pounds Ooh, danger yeah. fire <laughs> yeah you know what i mean it's yeah. it's i mean he's great as well it's it's a fu- it's a funny thing that i know i know what you're saying but i do also slightly only slightly disagree because i think the human condition is is like, regardless of your circumstances, I think everyone has those those bad times. Yeah. And and like even yeah, a multi 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 millionaire like like James Hetfield and and the guys in Metallica. I think they. I know lots of press people get would be like, oh, you know, they're just rich and they're but they they still probably have awful times when yeah. things happen to them that that make things really hard and they have this medium to be able to to, to kind of get that out yeah. of it and express it I think people yeah it's it's tough I think because people get it's easy to knock the successful ones down but I think 
especially their earlier stuff. Um, yeah, I think there is that that like that energy there in like songs like Sanitarium. Yeah, and, definitely the earlier stuff. I think when you got to stuff like Fuel for me, I was a bit yeah. like, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not as much, not, not as much not. angst. No. Yeah, but I mean that's why I I like and we're we're like obsessed with some really like I think really angular and quite difficult bands like Converge one of my favourite bands in the world and I hated that band for so long I just thought they were like just violent just sounded really like contrived violence and Jake's voice is just so hard to listen to Um, and then uh, that No Heroes album came out and I can't remember what this song is called Uh, oh man it's just one of the really slow, grinding tunes. And I didn't realise they had that in their arsenal. And just the intensity of the emotion and the, like, weight yeah. of of their sound on that record. And suddenly it clicked. And I was like, oh, my God, where has this band been my whole life? Like, yeah. this is... And I think, you know, we maybe don't sound like that, but that's... That's kind of, I think, if we can ever reach that level or that height of kind of emotional intensity in our music, then we're then we're doing something well. Yeah. <laughs> the tail end of last year was great. You had your new album out, and I, I, I was, you know, I follow you guys on Twitter, and I saw something about Perfect Circle. And I had to look again. I was like, what? Like yeah. in Europe, Perfect Circle and Black Peaks. And I was no, no disrespect, but I was like, fucking hell. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. must have been even like oh, more shocked, but. How was that, like, sharing a fucking stage with Maynard and that yeah. whole world? That must be just surreal. Yeah, it was. Does it even feel real, looking back? Uh, yeah, it was definitely, it was one of the most real things we've ever done. Uh, not a lot of people know <laughs> about this, but we... <laughs> it, was, it was a very ex- expensive run for both parties. Yeah. I won't go into too much detail, no, but... To make it work, uh, we we flew in to each show with literally the bare minimum, like a guitar each, yeah, and like some cymbals and a bass drum pedal, and then hired some gear. Bloody hell! Uh, and then we'd turn up to the venues in like a, a little estate car, Bloody <laughs> to, hell. like arenas. <laughs> <sighs> Like nine thousand people or something in uh, in Oslo, Jesus. the coolest venue we've ever 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 played. Yeah, um, I can't remember what it's called, um, but this uh, yeah, it's it's like um, people should check it out. We it's it's like one of the only arenas in Oslo, I think. But it's like uh, an old-fashioned style uh, coliseum. Wow, like the main floor has about 2,000 people, so it's quite small. Yeah. And then it's like Wembley, but if you imagine you pulled the stands in at Wembley Arena... Yeah. ...in, and then went up. Fucking hell. So you have, like, awesome. you have, like, 6,000 people, like, up, and then 2,000 people on the floor. That must be amazing. And it was just, like, looking up at the Colossus, yeah. you know, like... Um, like just going to uh, hello <laughs> we're, oh, we're man. peaks yeah. oh, fuck. so yeah. much fun like some of the best shows we've ever 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 done 
but the I think the coolest thing about us is that we're we're like so ready for those arena shows like all the time I don't know how it came to be that way but we've just had this like real dogged nuts mentality of just like keep going keep trying harder be out there get the best team work really hard like try and write the best music we possibly can try and make the songs better um, and then when we play the show it has to be the best show that we can possibly 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 do and then we have the most fun and I think we sound the best and I uh, how can you say this without being arrogant I, in, in the only possible way I, I I think we sound best in arenas. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> but your album's made for arenas. But but it, it that, sounds fucking huge. How can you huge. say that? But how can I say that without sounding like a dick? No, because like, you don't, you don't, <laughs> surely you don't write an album to play in a pub. No, but I think it's just it's it's really difficult saying that because I think hearing other people say it, I'd be like, yeah, right. Like, sh- oh sure, oh okay, yeah, yeah. You want to play arenas? Write arena music. Yeah, great. Good luck. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But for some reason, it keeps it keeps happening to us, and we we've got you know we did System of a Down to sixteen thousand people the year before, and like yeah. Wembley with Deftones and 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 all of these things, and and like yeah, I think a Perfect Circle was was one of the best. Um, the big shows, like the actual shows themselves, were super fun. Although we had like t- until Paris, we had like some technical hitch, right? Every day, I had to be honest. For me, personally, I had the like actually the best shows. Yeah. Ever every single. You night. and your microphone were. Fine yeah, me, every night. me and my mic. We're like best friends, yeah. just lollicking around on these giant, never like, let you and stages. Um, and then uh, like Liam's else. Liam's kick drum broke or something. The pedal snapped one night. Uh, you know, and there's there's like eight thousand people there, and we have no crew. It's just yeah. us in a car. It's mad. <laughs> so. Those those disaster scenarios they happened to us like on those gigs and we still got through it and it and it was really great and like as much as I know uh, Liam was really upset after that one of the shows when that happened like it was still amazing and like the response from the crowd was great. That's what I wanted to know because um, obviously I wasn't there. I'd love to have yeah. gone, but was it really hard going out there and trying to win over an audience? That they were the easiest crowds. Wow. A perfect circle, like it's yeah. It's that that crowd. Like yeah. They're, 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 I think as much as we're not, in some ways, it's it's the, one of the closest things yeah. mus- musically, stylistically that we've played with. We're we're weird like them. Um, but no, yeah. you and them or you and Mastodon, I think would be the perfect sure. lineup. You we know? did that in um, the year before as yeah. well. Who the fuck did I see you support? Um, quite big. Um, Berry tomorrow would have been at Rock City. No, there's another big band you came on, and I remember you doing your hands up like Jesus on the Oh, yeah, stage. that thing. <laughs> oh, little known fact. The only reason I started doing that is because it makes it allows me to... Um, when I was kind of developing the high scream stuff, uh, figuring out that I could do it, um, I found I was just always experimenting with my arms to try and sing for longer. Yeah. And then I put my arms out like that, and I was like, ah... It's it just works. really and it works really well as a, like a technique. You're, you're not religious, then you're not coming on stage. Going, no, oh, Jesus, respect no, no, me no. like Billy Corgan or no, 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 <laughs> no. It's nothing like that. It was just it was just a singing technique, and then and then that song "Say You Will" particularly. It just 
it's when I'm having a really good show it just feels right doing that (laughs) so now that you're touring obviously at the moment you're supporting but soon you're gonna be doing a headline tour Uh I suppose there's no date really, is there, for a new album? Because you've already revealed that. You wanted to do it like weeks ago, but yeah, the fact is... Yeah, but it's not. No, right. are you going to just enjoy playing as much as you can? Yeah, and... man. There's still like a couple of, two or three songs on this record we've ne- we haven't played live yet. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah, that's So awesome. it's got big wings, this this record. I think it will last us for a while, playing-wise, I, th- I think, I hope. Yeah. Um, whereas I think with uh, Statues, by the time we were out and touring it, a lot of those songs we've been playing for three years yeah. already before we started properly touring it and then we toured it for two years and like that's hard because some of the songs you just get like oh, become a bit mate. stale and some of the content for me on some of those tunes was just like oh this is this is I just don't I don't want to be singing about this anymore no that's fair <laughs> like uh, White Eyes was about losing my grandfathers yeah and some of the content was a bit Kind of lyrically it was like angry and sad and and kind of visiting those things and sometimes you for me i i don't like it if you play those songs too much and then you don't feel anything that's the worst yeah like when you you just like a robot mechanically going through it yeah and then that's that's not good like no and that's why I think big bands now, like Biffy Clyro, probably don't want to play songs like 57 or anything sure, else. Sure. And you can see, like, everyone's going, play this, play that. They must be like, mm. we've done it for 15 years. Like, those songs were about growing up. Now we don't want to do that yeah. shit. <laughs> you know, you can understand. Yeah, or, like, loads of stuff off Puzzle. Yeah. <sighs> you don't want to be you don't want to be going back to things about no. losing your mum. Like, no, exactly. Miscarriages like, and I've all that. Done, yeah. I've <laughs> done that I've, therapy. Yeah. Like, that music is your th- if music is your therapy... I think that must be really difficult. I, I can understand fans' perspective on that, but I think it must be really tough if you've written such a personal record like that. And then, I mean, Jamie talks about that stuff all the time. Yeah. He talks about, he's a good mate of mine, and we, uh, it's Jamie Lemon, we, like, I've asked him about, you know, we went and watched one of the cover bands Yeah. Uh, do one of... Uh, the old Ruben, I think they did race car, and uh, and I was like, "You're right, mate." He hadn't said anything to me for like half an hour, like after the show, we went and got a lemonade, and uh, and he was like, "Yeah, dude, I just I don't know if I like it." Like every, it was just super weird. It's like watching my diary being read back to me by like <laughs> zombies from the future. And I'm like, "All right," <laughs> but I get it. Yeah, I I get. Yeah, that. he's talking about those breakups that were yeah. you know ten years ago, and 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 yeah still living in his dad's house you know yeah <laughs> so what are we thinking then are we thinking another album at one point when you're ready I suppose there's yeah, no, no pressure of a label definitely. it sounds like you're confident that you're going to deliver something yeah, another yeah. level up and we do have a, a new our new record label are fucking awesome Rise um, Records Rise yeah. that's just so good Claire and Sean like I don't know if this is interesting for people to listen to, but record labels can be really difficult yep. to work with, and it's so important that they support your music and your creative. Like being actually the creative side of things yeah. can be can be blocked by record labels, um, especially majors. And we 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 like honestly, we didn't really have like a big problem with our first album. No. Um, but it was just with some labels in our experience there's lots of hoops and lots of things that just big labels will just 
do that make things delayed and delayed and delayed and like you know and it's hard it's tough when you've got this thing that you've made and then other people go okay we're gonna take it now and do what we think yeah, should sucks, happen with man. it and and lots of bands get stung and and get into trouble with that and um yeah our new label are just just awesome yeah they, they're really like really really they, and the, the, all they want us to do is make more music and yeah. put some more music out and and like you know keep things going and i i really hope they're kind of with us for the for the long run. Yeah, you know, definitely. Which is the fact that you're not getting told what song to release when. No, you know, never, all never. It's shit. all it's How all cool up to is us. that? How cool is it's that? It's so good, man. And they, you know, like us choosing to release home was like a big, <laughs> yeah, a big debate with like our our management who are amazing and everything. But they were like, ah, oh, you could put out fate, and it's such a big kind of radio single, and yeah. it probably do really well. And we were just like, nah, let's let's do something for the fans this time. Yeah. Like, let's put out a heavy, dark song. Let's let's do that. Let's make a statement. And yeah. Uh, and the label were like, fuck yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, and, and they were like, so what do you want to do? Like, how do you see it being visually? Um, and and that you know, they're like, they're like dream makers. You know, which is everything you could you could hope for. Um, we're just super grateful to be with them, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. My final question for you today is I've asked this to everyone if it's an actor, a director, a singer, a musician, but there's going to be people that listen to this that then go and try and start a band. Yeah. And it's not easy. There's yeah. Spotify giving you 0.0.0.1p. Oh, there's yeah. fans that think it's easy, but then you tour and you don't sell many t shirts and you play to six people. Yeah. What advice do you give to those people that are still trying? Because I've been in the band, I didn't, I didn't get to where I wanted to be. I accepted it, but there's people out there now that are trying, and it's harder. It's yeah. a harder world to yeah, try yeah, and get yeah. noticed. It's easier to get noticed because you can get on Spotify, you can get on YouTube, you can yeah. stream stuff. But it's a really good it's question. Tough, Really good question. I know what I'm going to say straight away. Just be nice to each other is the biggest thing. Like, be kind. Uh, be kind, be professional, and work hard. And and be true to yourself and the people you're in a band with. And if you know... If you know that you're not getting on with the people that you're yeah. doing it with, like... If you're not having fun in the creative process, it's probably not right. Go and find some other people <laughs> yeah. to, to, to do it with because it has to be fun. Um, it has to be super fun. You have to enjoy playing and you have to enjoy the writing. The writing part is can, it can be really hard sometimes, but yeah. like, um, yeah, be, and be, be, be professional and work hard and work hard at, at, at playing your instrument because there's lots of people that don't practice and it's you do see kids out there that come out t to shows and like understandably they're a certain age and they haven't been doing it very long but like you know get 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 your shit together <laughs> yeah be shit hot yeah like um because the people like that inspired us were all you know we still completely idolise and yep. better bands like Mars Volta and and Gojira and, oh, and, and Gojira. Like, you know like we absolutely idolise those guys and we, that you know if you've got an aim of being like that yeah uh, and you have to practice so hard <laughs> yeah but um, we've been lucky enough to meet those guys 
whole bunch of times and they're such nice good people and that's that's what you have to be these days is 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 you have to be because the idiots and the arseholes just don't get there anymore because no. because there's no time for it and people don't want to work with them yeah and and they you see those bands disappear really quickly so and it, it the worst it, it's always at the worst at the bottom like when when you're when you're working your way up it's always when it's the worst that's yeah. when people treat each other like shit because they think that they're better than they are and we found like we were always really courteous really civil um bit, and you know be nice guys first and then that i think that got us got us further um, yeah. than than anything else you know before the music is just respectful Res- be you know respectful what I mean? yeah, yeah, it's yeah a massive be, thing be nice to each other as human yeah. beings goes um, a long way yeah just generally as well in life <laughs> yeah, that helps there's there's just too many dicks there's too many dicks <laughs> <laughs> should we leave it there yeah definitely perfect so there it is as you know on mark and me some of the guests i get are overseas in america all over the world in europe but the ones that i can do that are in the uk that are face to face they have a better feeling they're so much more relaxed and i think me and will just hit it off from the moment we met I love this interview. We recorded it in the back of the tour van so you kind of get the ambience of us being in the middle of a car park just before they played their show in Leicester. What a great guy. Sometimes you're kind of a bit worried when you meet the people you respect so much that you look up to and have such a admiration for. But Will is one of the nicest guys I've ever had the chance to speak with and just a really lovely down-to-earth guy. And again, I still think he's right now one of the best singers, one of the best frontman, one of the best lyricists, one of the best songwriters in the country. And Black Peaks are a band you have to keep telling everyone about because they're not as big as they should be. They should be filling stadiums and I just can't get my head around it. But they are only on the second album and I do believe that they'll be in a few years time absolutely huge and they'll be on the main stage at some of these huge uk festivals and you know if you can spread the word by listening to mark and me and you think man this band's awesome get on social media you know share their album retweet their stuff go on facebook talk about them tell your friends about them because they really do need to be bigger than they are they're absolutely awesome and you're probably thinking shut up mark okay we get it but i am that passionate about this band and seeing them live only last week Wow, and I'm looking forward to seeing them again shortly on their own UK tour. It's only a small tour, but if you are listening right now, you've still got a chance to get tickets, so please go on Black Peaks' website and check it out because there's some really good local shows. And just go and see them. It's the best way to be introduced to a new band. I took my friend with me last week, Nick. He'd never heard of them before, and he came away and was like, yep, we'll go to their headline show. And it just took one support slot for him to be convinced. On the Skip to the End podcast, my other podcast, I put this as one of my top recommendations of the year and I've seen so many people that have took that on board and gone and bought the album or streamed it and they've all took the time to kind of let me know that they love the album. All That Divides is out now and they haven't paid me to say this, it is my album of the year. It's that good. But enough about me talking and kind of being (laughs) so lovey-dovey with Black Peaks but you can probably tell they do mean a lot to me. I also have another episode coming out only in a couple of weeks' time, and you know the score by now. I'm not going to reveal who it is. I'm not going to tell you anything more about it, but it's not going to be long. In the meantime, because of the James A. Castor episode, 
I had to extend my bandwidth because so many people were downloading it. It's costing me quite a lot of money right now to host this podcast. So anything you can give back is much appreciated. And I do that via Patreon. And on this month's Patreon, I'm giving some more great Funkos away. I'm giving a t-shirt away. So just jump on markandme.com and there's a link on there. You can sign up for as little as something like a dollar, which is like 70p. And that's literally the price of a can of Coke. So... If you can just give me that back, that will make a huge difference and give me more chance to get out there and do more face-to-face interviews like the one you've just heard. Also go on my page to get access to my Twitter, my Facebook, my email. It's all on there. You know, Instagram, just support me. Like, share, do whatever you can. Let's get the word out there because I've got a really exciting year ahead. In the last week, I haven't hardly slept. I've been doing about three or four interviews a day and there's so much ready to release. And I'm so, so excited. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. Thanks again to Black Peaks and especially Will for doing the interview. And I'll be back in a couple of weeks' time. And in the meantime, stay safe and listen to Black Peaks. Mm